And so come on, you can pray for people. And so there's been tension in the Middle East for years and 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 years. And that brings me to the story of uh, two, two twins in the Bible, two twins in the Bible. Their names are Jacob and Esau. And they're two family members who never got along either. They did not get along well. In fact, the Bible says that while they were still in their mother's womb, that they wrestled with one another to the point that the mother was like, it ain't worth it to have children. <laughs> their mother, Rebecca, was like, this is ridiculous. Because they would go at it. Come on, before they were ever born, they were going at it. And then the Bible says, when the delivery came, when the time for the birth came, Esau came out first. And Jacob was following right behind it. In fact, the Bible says that Jacob was hanging on to the foot of Esau. Apparently, there was a struggle for who was going to go out first, who was going to make their debut. Esau came out first, and, and Jacob's right behind hanging on to him. Now, there were two different kind of men. One was a man who loved the outdoors. That would be Esau. One was a, a, a man who was a little more docile in his, his approach to life, and that was Jacob. So as they got older, Esau went out to hunt one day. I don't know if anybody, anybody hunts, but there's sometimes where, you know, you go out and you're out a long time. You either put yourself in a blind somewhere and you're waiting, or you're traipsing through the woods somewhere, or you're checking, you're, you're doing something. And throughout this entire time, he's getting tired, there's no time to eat. I mean, it's a tough day. When he finally decides, okay, I'm done for the day, I'm going home, he's hungry. He's very hungry. Esau is extremely hungry. He gets home and Jacob just happened to be cooking some soup. Got a stew going on the, on the fire. And Esau, who is the older, means he had, a, he, had, he had a birthright that was associated with being the firstborn. The birthright means that, I'll say it simply, that at some point in life when his father moved on or passed on the, the responsibility that the oldest son would get, the, get inherit the responsibility of your family and the fortune. Take care of the family, take care of the fortune. So that was Esau. So he comes in one day, he's tired, he's worn out. Jacob's got a nice little stew over here. And he says, man, I'm so hungry. Give me a bowl of that stew. Give me a bowl, Jacob, hey, Jake, give me a bowl of stew. And the Bible says that Jacob, Jacob hatches an idea. He's so hungry. I think, I wonder if he'll sell his birthright to me. Sure, I'll get you some stew. All you have to do is sell me your birthright. I'll give you the stew, and you give me your birthright. And Esau, in one moment's time, is so hungry that the family and the fortune that he was going, that were destined to be his, he just gave to his brother for a bowl of soup. In one moment's time, in one moment's time, Esau folded like a cheap suit and gave up his birthright. And so tonight, or to this morning, I want to talk to you just about those things. First of all, what does it mean to fold like a cheap suit? To fold like a cheap suit means to give in or collapse easily in a disappointing and unimpressive way. It implies that a person is not strong or durable and can be easily defeated or overwhelmed. And so I want to look at Mark chapter 4, 
Because Jesus uses illustrations of plants to show us people who can be easily defeated. People who can be easily defeated. And so in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse number 5, it says, Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Since it didn't have deep roots, it died. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 20, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. And so there are characteristics of two different kinds of people here. Two different kinds of people. There are the characteristics of those who fold like a cheap suit. Those who are easily defeated. It says, number one, they hear the word of God. You might say, ah, they heard the word of God. Yes, they heard the word of God. It says, two, they accept God's word. It goes on to say they don't have deep roots. And then it goes on to say they wither and fall away. Now, if they hear God's word and accept God's word, then what's, what's the problem here? Well, in the verse where it says they accepted God's word, the word used here uh, for acceptance is the word um, lambano, and it means to make a trial of. In other words, they accepted God's word on a trial basis. It was a superficial acceptance of God's word. It wasn't an all-in it was, well, we'll see. We'll see. That would be like, that would be like getting married, standing at the altar. Do you take this one? Well, we'll see. <laughs> maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. That's probably why some people end in divorce. Now, it goes on to say they don't have deep roots and they wither and fall away. Now, there are other people that are mentioned here as well related to the plant. These people have staying power. These people thrive when the heat is turned on. They don't fade. They thrive. And it says the first two things are the same. They hear God's word and they accept God's word. The same two characteristics of the ones that folded up. But they hear God's word, accept God's word, except now here the word accept is different. It's a different Greek word. And the Greek word here means to delight in. This group accepted or delighted in God's word. They delighted in God's word. They have roots that go down deep into God's word, and they produce a great harvest. So it's not enough to hear, although hearing is important. And it's not enough to accept if your acceptance is one of merely giving a nod to the word of God. Uh huh. As when ta- we talk to our children sometimes. Are you listening to me? Yes which really means they're not listening. They're just waiting for us to finish so they can go about their day. And so it's kind of like being in church. Are you guys listening? Yeah. Can you just hurry up so we can go? It's almost lunchtime. And so, the, so again, two kinds of people. Those who stand strong, who thrive under pressure, who are standing 
after all the trial and trouble and difficulties have passed, and those who in the midst, not in the midst of, in fact, just the very beginning when trouble comes, they crumble. They fall apart. And so the difference between these two people is their root system. One has a root system and the other does not. So I want to examine the importance of a root system in our lives. You know, Proverbs 12, 12 says, the root of the righteous yields fruit. The root of the righteous yields fruit. And in, with, when I'm talking to church people sometimes and I say, are you righteous? Well, no, no, I'm a sinner. <laughs> no, 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 you're missing it. You're either a saint or you're an ain't. Okay, if you say you're not righteous, you're not a saint. You're not part of the kingdom of God. Well, how, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be cocky about it and declare myself righteous. You're not being cocky about it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not talking about my own righteousness that I've created, manufactured, developed, got a patent on. I'm talking about the righteousness that I have through Christ himself. I am God's righteousness in Christ. And so it says that the root of the righteous, that's you and me, the root of the righteous, come on, it produces fruit. It yields a harvest. It's all about the root. In John chapter 15, Jesus speaking about the vine and the branches, he says, a, verse 4, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He goes on to say, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. So he says a couple things here. He says a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot produce fruit if you're severed from the vine. And he says those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Now, why can't a, a, a branch produce on its own? Because it's not connected to the, to the tree, and the tree has the roots. And the nutrients and the water all come up through the roots of the plant to feed the branches, to provide the leaves. And Jesus is even telling us then that, come on, you need to be connected to the root system. And I am that root system. What are some things about the root that we need to know? What are some things about the root that were going to be helpful to us? Well, number one, the root makes us holy. The root makes us holy. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. It says, if the roots of a tree are holy, the tree's branches are holy true. If the roots are holy, the branches are holy too. So when I am connected to the tree and that tree is rooted in righteousness and holiness, then that makes me holy too. Once I'm severed from that, I'm on my own. I can try to create my own holiness, but good luck on that. And so holiness comes through the connection with the branch. The root gives us, or it makes us holy. Verse 18 of Romans 11, it says, you don't give life to the root, the root gives life to you. So the second thing is, the root gives us life. 
Now, again, we're talking about a root system here. The difference between those of us who are going to stand during difficulty, trial, persecution, trouble, challenge, is going to be our root system. The ones who fold under pressure, who cave at the, at the first sign of trouble, who are overwhelmed when their, their fingernail breaks, they're the ones whose root system is either very small or non-existent. And so it's about the root system. The root makes us holy, and the root gives us life. Say, the root gives me life. Come on, it pays to be connected. It pays to be connected. You know, Jesus said, I am the root. Did you know that? He said, I am the root. Jesus said also uh, that I have come that they might have life. Jesus also said, I am the bread of life, and Jesus also said, I am the life. People run around looking for life, looking for enjoyment, looking for pleasure, looking for something that will make their life just better and more fun and more enjoy- And they're passing by everything that Jesus is, what he has provided. They decided they're going to sever themselves from this tree and go out on their own and try to establish their own righteousness, holiness, and value. But Jesus says, stay connected. The Bible says, stay connected, stay connected, stay connected. You need to be connected to the root. It's the root that makes you holy. It's the root that gives you uh, life. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray, I pray, Paul speaking, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources that he, God the Father, will empower you with inner strength through, the, through his spirit. Verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. So what else do we know about the root? Well, this tells us the root gives us love. Come on, if we're tapped into the love, love this root called love, then love's got to be coming up through that root system. Love's got to be dispersed then through the rest of the tree, through the branches. I'm a branch. How about you? The root's making me holy. The root's giving me life. And the root's giving me love. Everything that man craves is found in this connection with Jesus. Everything that man's chasing after, running after, desiring is found in this connection to Jesus. The second half of verse 17 says your roots will grow down and keep you strong. And so we gain strength as well. Strength is gathered from being connected to the root. And these are four things I've gone over really quickly, and they, you would do well to meditate on them, establish your heart in them, can, uh, go through the Word of God and see other scriptures you can find to support this. But the, ra- the root makes us holy. The root gives us life. The root gives us love. The root makes us strong. Come on, you live in Florida, and perhaps you go to the beaches. I used to live in Key West, and so on Key West, uh, in some of the beaches in Key West, there are palm trees. And I've always been amazed by palm trees and how some of, them, some of them grow like this. And how is it with, a, with a, a trunk that looks like, how is it these things stand? Well, unlike other trees that have these tap roots, one tap root that goes deep into the ground, palm trees have a root system and network that actually spreads out. A vast net, and if one part of the root system is damaged, the tree is unaffected. You, you uh, destroy the taproot in a regular tree, the, tree, the tree's dead. It's done. But we have these palm trees, their root systems spread all the way out. 
a vast network that when the storms of life come, when these great gales and great winds are blowing and blowing and blowing, the palm tree is still standing. Another thing about some palm trees, the sable palm in particular, they can actually bend up to 50 degrees without snapping. 50 degrees from the ground level is about like that. They can bend. <laughs> Come on. We need to be like the palm tree, a vast network of, of roots that's able to bend under pressure without snapping. When I say bend, I'm not talking about giving in. I'm just talking about, you know what, Woo, until the trouble passes. I'm still standing. Right? So we need to, we need to get to that place. We're still standing. That we're determined to stand. Determined to stand. And so we need to develop a root system and continue to develop that root system. Come on, you ever grow a plant in a pot and you leave it there for an extended period of time? Some plants get what they call root bound. Root bound. And with some plants, if you go go to transplant it and you allowed your plant to get root bound, sometimes it's really difficult to pull that thing out to put it in a new container. And sometimes you let it go for an extended period of time and there's holes in the bottom, the root system grows out the bottom. And it holds onto the pot. And you're like, come on, come on. I'm not going, I'm not going. Come on, why? Because it has this crazy root system. Come on, believer, you need to have a root system like that. that this jar of clay, this, this clay pot that I live in has a root system from the inside that grows down deep. It's not letting go. It's not releasing the promises of God. It's not releasing the word of God. It's standing firm. You go ahead and try and move me. And if you're going to utter that claim, make no mistake, the devil will come and try to move you. But because your root system is strong, goes deep, and is spread out wide, come on, you're going to be standing at the end of any trial you face. Colossians 2. Verse 6 says, and now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Continue to follow him. Continue. It's not a one and done. People love to say that one and done. No, this is continue onward, upward. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And you overflow with thankfulness. So back to the very beginning. Jesus talked about the the wise builder built his house on solid rock, a firm foundation. Come on, you know the story. If If you were ever a kid that went to Sunday school, you had to hear that story. Built his home upon the solid rock. That Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, this goes back to the beginning. You hear it and you accept it, but not on a trial basis. You accept it with the determined purpose of it causing you to grow and develop. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. He is like a person who built his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise 
and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. We're living in troubled times. We're living in challenging times. There's inflation that's, that's causing some of us to look around and say, where's the next payment for this going to come from? We're looking at perhaps reduced hours at work. Some of us are getting two jobs because we need to have a greater income than we're seeing right now. Our children are facing things in life that we never had to face. We're trying to guide them through those, through those and help them navigate the craziness. We're hearing of wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing of, of hostility and anger bubbling over, and we see it on the television. We say, well, that's another city. That's Miami. That's D.C. That's Chicago. That's San Francisco. Coming to a city near you. Crazy's not confined to the big cities. There are crazies who live here in Naples. And they're intent on the destruction of so many things, not the least of which is the faith upon which you have built your life. They have no regard for it, no desire to embrace it. In fact, Christians now are called haters. First time I ever heard that in my life a couple years ago, Christians are hateful people. You're hateful. The very message we carry, the very God we serve, the Bible says God is love. That we're supposed to follow Christ in the same way that he pursued after God. That we're supposed to demonstrate that same love to the world, and the world says we're hateful people. But I want people to like me. Good luck on that. We all want people to like us. Let's make no mistake. We all want people to like us, but let's be real. Some people are not going to like us. You're a light bearer. You're an ambassador for Christ. You carry his image out with you every day. And some people just are not going to like that. We were somewhere yesterday where there was a server who wasn't too kind to Debbie and me. And there was uh, so there were some other people with us. And so after a little bit later, one of the people with us said, you know, that's spiritual. That server doesn't like what you represent. It's probably true. So what are we going to do? We're going to build our house on a firm foundation, on bedrock, on solid rock. Why? Because when the storms come, we're not going to collapse. We're not going to be like a cheap suit that collapses. But he says, and he, but he closes with this particular uh, remark, or I'll close with these remarks. He said, anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on the sand when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. It's all about our, our connectivity. It's all about the root system we have. It's all about us being connected to Christ. It's all about us knowing who he is, not having a casual, superficial relationship, but actually embracing, pressing in, taking hold of, and applying the word of God to our lives so that we're standing. We're standing. Do we want to go through the storm? Probably not. But can we do it? Yes. Why? Because our root system is vast. Our root system is rooted in Christ himself. We are not those who are going to fall away. We're not going to be those who fold up like cheap suits. We're not going to be those who are just running every sign of trouble. We're going to stand. We're going to stand firm. We're going to stand in the armor that God's provided us. We're going to stand on the word of God. We're going to have our lives founded, rooted, and grounded in, in the message of the gospel. We're going to have our lives rooted and grounded in the, in the promises of God and what he's given to us. You might be here today and you've never, uh, you said, man, you're a crazy man. What are you talking about? I'd like to have that kind of peace, that kind of confidence, that kind of ability to stand. Well, that, that ability is found in Christ and Christ alone. It's not found in me. You might say, well, you're a pretty big man. You're probably pretty tough. Well, I am a big man and I don't know if I'm tough anymore, but, but I'll tell you what. This, 
This has got nothing to do with it. It's got everything to do with who he is.